Hey everybody, thanks for joining us again. My name is DJ Martin, church pastor here at Parker Ford Church. And today we're continuing our journey through the series on joy and grief. What I want to talk about uh, today is joy and grief as a cure for the over and the under or the deficiently serious. So joy and grief as a cure for those who aren't serious enough um, and for those who perhaps are overly serious. Um, We've been looking at this Venn diagram of joy and grief and how a life of wisdom and love is found in the balance between joy and grief and living in the extreme in either way is foolishness. So just as a life, a healthy life of balance between grief and joy leads to a life of love and wisdom, I think that living in this balance between joy and grief helps us live in a healthy manner where we're neither overly nor deficiently serious, um, where we can be silly and we can laugh and be joyful, but we can also grieve and be sad and disciplined and serious, and there's an appropriate time for both. We all know people who uh, can, can't take a joke, who just everything is, is so serious and so heavy and, um, and how draining that can be. Um, and then we also have all probably encountered people who um, are just way, way um, under-disciplined and can, can't be appropriately serious at the right time and, and don't know when to stop joking and everything is a joke to them. Um, both extremes uh, are unhealthy. And so I think a life of balance between joy and grief helps us live in a life of balance when it comes to being serious or silly, um, to, to being, you know, very disciplined and sometimes uh, just extravagant and wasteful in a good way. And so a life of balance can help us with that. In Ecclesiastes 3 is where that famous passage is where it says, for everything there is a season. Uh, There's a time for war, a time for peace, a time for death, a time for life, a time for planting, and a time uh, for reaping. It also says there's, in verse 4 of Ecclesiastes 3, it says there's a time to weep and a time to laugh. There's a time to mourn and there's a time to dance. For everything, there's an appropriate time. Deficiency of joy, when, when, we're, when there's a person who's just overly serious, when there's a deficiency of joy, what it does is it crushes our spirit. In Proverbs 15.15, 15, it says, All the days of the afflicted are evil, but the cheerful of heart has a continual feast. So the inverse of that would be those who can never be cheerful, those who can't experience light, lightness of heart and joy and celebration and laughter. There's, there's a lack of food. There's a lack of feast. In fact, I would say that the spirit of such a person is starving for key nutrients of what the soul is meant to feast on. So again, in Proverbs 15, 15, it says, that, but the cheerful of heart has a continual feast. In Proverbs 17, 22, just a couple chapters later, it says, a joyful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. In Psalm 126, the psalmist says this, then our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue with shouts of joy. 
Then they said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us and we are glad for everything there is a season for everything. There's an appropriate time, including laughter and joy. And God has created us in his image to be joyful and sometimes, and maybe even often, to be silly, to be cheerful, to be lighthearted. Not always, but sometimes, and at the appropriate time. And so when, when there's a lack of, of silliness in someone's life, when there's an inability to just laugh, to tell jokes, to enjoy jokes, to play, um, that can be a sign that, that the individual is living um, in the extreme, in an unhealthy way, out of balance on the grief side of the, uh, the spectrum where everything is serious and, and nothing is play, nothing is joy. In Philippians, in the epistle to the Philippians, the apostle Paul mentions joy 11 times in four chapters. In chapter three and four are the famous verses. He says in chapter three, verse one, he says, finally, my brothers, rejoice in the Lord. And then in chapter four, verse four, he says, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. The apostle Paul is, is commanding, is exhorting, is telling and teaching the Philippian church, the believers there, and us as we engage the scriptures Three times in just those few short verses, we are commanded as the children of God to rejoice in the Lord, always and again to rejoice. Well, just as um, a person who avoids uh, joy, who avoids silliness and and lightness of heart um, can crush the spirit, resistance of grief on the other end, resistance of grief hardens our hearts. In Luke 6, this is where uh, the gospel writer Luke records the Beatitudes in his gospel. And in Luke 6, verse 20, it says this, And he, that's Jesus, lifted up his eyes on his disciples. So he, he looks at his disciples. He's looking at them in the eyes. Can you imagine sitting there and Jesus, like, very intentionally moves his gaze to look into your eyes. And then he says this, Blessed are you who are poor. For yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who are hungry now, for you shall be satisfied. Blessed are you who weep now, for you shall laugh. Blessed are you who weep now, for you shall laugh in the future. This, of course, is the same beatitude that Matthew records. And in his list, it's the second beatitude where he says, Blessed are those who mourn for they shall be comforted. Perhaps this was a teaching that Jesus gave on multiple occasions and sometimes used slightly different nuances depending on the audience and the time. Regardless, Luke says Jesus is looking into his disciples' eyes and he says, blessed are you who weep now, for you shall laugh. So resistance to grieving now hardens our hearts towards others. In Proverbs twenty-six twenty. It says this, singing cheerful songs to a person with a heavy heart is like taking someone's coat in cold weather or pouring vinegar in a wound. In other words, it's incredibly painful. It's, in, it's incredibly harmful to try to cheer up someone inappropriately when they have a heavy grieving heart. Ecclesiastes 
uh, chapter 7, verse 6. It says, For as the crackling of thorns under a pot, so is the laughter of the fools. This also is vanity. The person who's just always telling jokes at really inappropriate times is like the crackling of thorns under a pot. The person with no discipline, the person who can't appropriately be self-disciplined or serious in the right way, in the right time, in the right season, is, is like thorns in the fire, crackling under a pot. A healthy life is lived in the balance James 5.13, this is the, the brother of Jesus, the Apostle James. He says this, Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. And Romans 12, which ha- it has set the stage for us in many ways throughout this series, the Apostle Paul writes this, Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. And then this, Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who who weep. Living a life of balance and wholeness, a life which embraces both joy and grief, allows us to live in a way that is neither overly nor deficiently serious. A healthy person can laugh and can cry and learns when each one is appropriate. Let me say that again. I I believe this with all my heart. A a healthy and mature person who has embraced a life of both joy and grief is a person who is continually in the spirit of God, learning how to laugh, learning how to cry, learning how to grieve, learning how to rejoice, lament, and celebrate. And, and this might be most important for, for today's teaching, a mature person is not only learning to do both of those, but is learning how to do them at the right time in the right way. The appropriate time for everything there is a season, a time to dance, a time to mourn, a time to cry, and a time to laugh. So I leave you today with these questions as you process this. How do all the passages in scripture about laughter strike you? Laughter is mentioned in many different ways throughout the scriptures. God laughs at his enemies, He fills his children with laughter out of joy. There's a warning against laughing in foolishness. So how do all the passages, maybe do a Bible study um, on your own and look up the different references to laughter in scripture. How do all of these passages in scripture about laughter strike you? And what do you learn about God and yourself through that? And secondly, are you living with a balance of discipline and humor and seriousness and silliness in your life. Do you know how to embrace both sides of the spectrum? Have a great day. I pray that you're blessed as you engage this material today.